Radical Life. Here we are again on the farm, but this time a totally different farm. We are on a farm in northern Minnesota, outside of a little town called North Home, and we've got lakes around us up here. I mean, we just drove by a beautiful lake called Island Lake, and we are in the home of the Troys. Mm-hmm. Rena Troy is sitting across the table from my wife and I this morning, and we are going to talk about Teen Rescue and her involvement, how she met up with the Radical Life Support Band and all the folks. I'm actually sitting here in my mind trying to think back 30 years ago to who was involved. I'm just going to ask Rena, who do you remember? Who are some of those that immediately jump off of your mind? Well, for sure, it was uh, Cindy Thompson. Cindy. Yes. Scott Madison, John Van Bruggen. Terry Steinman. Terry, big yeah. T. On the drums. Yep. Ben Curvin. Ben. Yep. And I think those are the ones that first came to North Home. My, oh my. Yeah, we probably did the high school. We probably, And that's usually Teen Rescue's first point of entry into a community is we get invited into the school, the North Home. And at that time, I don't believe there was any talk of North Home Kellier. It was North Home. It was just North Home. And then there was Kellier. Because yeah. we did... We did, we did both. Bob Hoyam was our contact Correct. in Kellier. Kellier, big, beautiful log home that he lived in that I know we, we got to crash in while we were at their school. And but Ron Schuster Ron was, was the one in North Hall. Oh, my. Ron Schuster. There was a Dave Nesseth who was a teacher. Mm, Dave Furseth. Furseth. There we go. Sorry. Sorry. Nesseth <laughs> was the name on the on the sign as we were coming down your our road, road yeah. which is your maiden name. Our maiden name, yeah. And, and we were in a home that your parents? Grandparents. Grandparents. In 1914. 106 years ago, this house was built. Yep. Now, by your grandparents. Yep. I know your mom's been in the house. Yes, my parents lived in the house, and then uh, Jim and I took it over in 1994. Shortly after running into the Radical Lifers, you've had us in this house many times. Meals, sleeps... When we'd come up here, Rena would put us up. One night she put us up in a, it was a storefront slash hotel slash, it was over in Mizpah. Oh, yeah, that was Steinhorst. Actually, that was before. The first time you were here, I wasn't here. I was living in Forest Lake. Okay. And then I came running home because I didn't like city life. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was, you had already been in the school. Yes. And so it was that next summer we arranged to get you into the fair. Yes. And, and we've got video footage of the fair one. We have video of that oh, one. Oh, do we? That was fun. That was a fun day. Got to meet a bunch of new kids. We just had fun. We were the, we were the circus that came to town, I think. Yeah. Did we have the bus? No, not the first time. Oh. Another time. The, the bus and the and the, the fun time and the parade, that was the second or third time you were right. here. So we did the North Home July 4th? Or no, 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 it's just August. a parade it's that August. led up to the fair. Yeah. First time you were here, I hadn't met you. I heard about Teen Rescue. Okay, so let's go for a moment to that. Let's go. When you hadn't seen us but heard about us, what did you hear about Teen Rescue? Oh, what was, was the talk around town? a bunch of young people who were speaking about Jesus and had a, a rock band and they were playing music, Christian music. And at that time, I was, I was 30 years old, but I was just a new Christian, actually. And I was really confused because I thought, <laughs> I thought religion and Christianity were for the old people in the church. Huh. It was 
new to me to think that, oh my gosh, there's people who have long hair and they're playing rock music and they're singing about Jesus. And and I was very curious to see who these guys were. <laughs> and I remember coming out, you were, you were unloading at the fairgrounds. And I remember walking down the hill. I can't remember who I was with, but I says, okay, which one's Rick Moe? And he said, <laughs> say, that's that one over there with the long blonde hair. And I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> and I felt actually like a silly teenager oh, meeting no. a pop star. I was so nervous when I walked Well, I keep up. telling my wife, I still, I still am a rock star. <laughs> That's what I write on my uh, forms, you know, like when I go to get my glasses, the, you know, occupation, just rock star. <laughs> so, you know, you're okay with that. I mean, okay. Right. I felt like a giddy little schoolgirl, oh, and my. I walked up there, and I sat on that on the bleachers, and I listened to your messages, I listened to the songs, and I was blown away. Mm. And afterwards, there was a bonfire at a friend's house, and I went there, and you spoke more about Jesus and salvation. And I just like, well, being a Christian is not going to be boring after all. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and so I started asking more questions and more questions. And I started following every school you went to and everything. And all I knew is I, I want to be a part of this because it, to me, it felt so alive. Yes. And I felt so dead up to that point of giving my life to Christ. And mm. I think it was God showing me that, yeah, there is life in Christ. You can actually be a little goofy like that long-haired blonde guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I was setting the standard for goofiness in northern Minnesota at that time. But thank God others came along even goofier. Oh, they're, they're, definitely. Definitely. I was just the, the entrance to the circus. <laughs> the thing is, is that I realized but, that you could be goofy, you could have fun, you could laugh. Yes. And you're sober yeah. and you're loving life. And I never had that before. Right. Yeah, you had, according to the world, you had to get tuned up to have any fun. For high school kids, it was you had to go to the party to be in. That was your social thing that you did. And that's the reason why we had the opportunity to speak in so many high schools was that those events oftentimes ended in tragedies, drinking and driving, uh, alcohol poisoning, suicide. You know, they just ended in so much disaster that Teen Rescue was asked to come in to address these kind of issues. One school in your area, principal called me up and said, we just had a young man kill himself right here in the band room. Brought a gun, shot himself in the band room today, and we need you. Can you come and talk to our kids? That was a very quick yes, and when do you want us? And he said, as soon as you can get here. And I'll never forget walking into that school and just the soberness in the school. Here we come the full rock band and setting up. Went back there many times throughout the years and just got to, you know, befriend the kids, pray with the kids. Nothing sobers up a community quite like a tragedy like that. So, wow. For you to be able to see people that I call uh, troublemakers, that's how I always saw Teen Rescue, the Radical Life Support Band. I saw us as troublemakers. Well, you were. There were some people in our community that didn't really care for you because you made a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, we were trouble. We, we were those men and women that you read about in Acts chapter 17, where it says those men who caused trouble all over the world have now come here. Mm-hmm. So we did. We came here. We went to many different towns, realizing that not everybody is going to accept us. Not everybody's going to love us. Not everybody's going to want our brand of Christianity around them because 
You know, we were loud. We were, in good sense of the word, we were obnoxious because, we, you know, we would say things that sometimes the churches wouldn't say. And some of the churches didn't want to talk about a personal relationship with Christ. And, and that's what we were all about. We were talking about the born again message, knowing Jesus personally, asking him into your heart, asking for forgiveness of sins, not needing a priest, not needing a pastor to have to do the work for you. The work's been done for us by the work that Jesus did on the cross. Teen Rescue made the comfortable Christian uncomfortable. I, How so? Well, because they had to face a lot of things that they would ignore before. They would ha have to face the things that were hurting our children in our community. Right. They would have to face the fact that they weren't sharing Christ with their family and, and friends. They had to face that. Maybe they were living a way which was giving a bad message to right. other people, and they right. had to face these things. And that's why they, when I say, it, they made comfortable Christians uncomfortable. And that's why a lot of people are like, "Oh no, we don't want anything to do with Teen Rescue. That they're they're too radical." Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I would load up kids, my, my sons and their friends, and we would go down to Wilmer. We'd go to the Sunshine uh, Music Festival. We would go to the retreats that Teen Rescue would we'd be putting on, and I would get them as much exposure yeah. to that as possible, because it's like, there's a choice in life, and you don't have to settle for what is being offered around our community. Because mm -hmm. what was being offered around our community was drinking, drugs, and a lot of death. And I started going to training through Teen Rescue and retreats and things. I just started to grow. Mm. And then what happened in my life in our community is our oldest son was killed in a car crash in 1994. And it took the life of all four that were in that vehicle. And then it was only a few months later, the leader of our youth group was killed in a car crash. Somebody ran into her. And then another young lady was killed by an overdose that somebody had given her. And it just was, um, I think there was nine people in our community within that year that died. And that's when I like I called Teen Rescue back in. I says we need a change here, and that's when mm -hmm. I started getting more involved with Teen Rescue, and that's when Rick <laughs> had me start speaking in schools. And I remember the first time, it was soon after my son had died, and he says, um, "You're going out and you're taking this next." <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what school you were in? No. <laughs> But I remember I probably, and yeah. I was so scared. I'm like, what are you doing to me? Because I sat out there mainly and just cried. And I had brought with me a piece of the car that the only thing I could find was this piece of the car that was in the ditch where my son died. They had hauled the car away, and it was after the funeral. I went out there and sat, and I looked down, and there was a piece of a wheel. And I brought that piece with me, and that's what I showed the kids. Mm. I said, this is what is left of my son. Mm. This is all I have that's left. But then I started speaking to other people, and I felt God tell me that when, when we go into a school, I was kind of mm -hmm. like, I loved working in the background. I remember when Rick would have migraine headaches, you know, I'd make sure that he <laughs> got the water and the aspirins he needed and the quiet he needed. And yeah. Cindy and I did a lot of the other stuff. I was kind of Cindy's go-to yeah go do this, go do that. And when they would speak in the small groups, my job 
was to watch the kids. And I remember this one girl, she took off out of the, well, she went up and she asked to go to the bathroom. And I just felt there was something wrong because Cindy was talking about some really tough issues. So I followed her and I followed her down to the bathrooms and, and I found her sitting on the floor crying. I was able to share the gospel with her and share love with her. And she had been through some really, really tough times and she was able to talk to me about it. And I guess the most important part, I mean, you don't know when you're really making a difference in somebody's life. When you're out there showing love yeah. and sharing Christ. One of the rules that Team Rescue had is at lunchtime, you go in the lunchroom, but don't sit together. Right. Spread out and sit with other kids, sit with groups. And I kind of zoned in on this one table. It had three girls sitting there, and I sat down, and I was so nervous. <laughs> I couldn't talk. My words would come out. I would mix my words out up so that it would, like I was talking in code or something. And... and <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at him going, I am so sorry. I'm nervous. I don't know what to say. And I just, I was kind of like, a, somebody put a quarter in me and I was just talking nonstop. Finally, Love lunch it. was over and shared n in names and whatnot. And I got a letter, which I still have. And oh, it was my. a letter from one of the girls that I sat with. She said, thank you so much, because I was really contemplating suicide that night. Mm -hmm. I was at the schools telling my friends goodbye. But you sitting with me and sharing your concern for us and your love for us made me realize that there's mm -hmm. much more to life. I stayed in touch with her, and she went on to Oak Hills Bible College, wow. and she went into the ministry. <laughs> I just like things like that and I, I look at that letter going yes you never know when God is going to use you and that's the important message for me being wow. involved with Team Rescue wow yes you just never know you know you we get to the end of some days of our lives we get to the end of doing something and we've convinced ourselves we don't even need Satan to whisper in our ear that that was a waste or that was Sure, stupid of you, or you made a fool out of yourself there. We kind of do it to ourselves. We talk ourselves into those very lies that this did no good. When this is just one of the things that we know that it did good. Just one. I mean, I still run into people that will say, you were that group. You were that band that came through my school. It is just really a very small moment in time in their lives. But it's just enough in many cases to interrupt something that is going on that could just be very disastrous. The kid that one day was in one of the schools, and he comes up after the assembly, and he says, as he holds out his hand with the bullets in it, these were the bullets that I was going to use tonight to kill myself, and hands us the bullets and walks away. You're just like, yeah, wow. Let's keep moving. Let's not get down because a person didn't like us and discouraged us. But you press through those feelings. You press through those moments. So, Rena, you, your first attempt at speaking, you felt like all you did was just emote. Yep. You just cried. You did what you could do, but you eventually found a very vital place. That when you went out with us in every little, little nook and cranny of the school, there were kids. There was somebody to talk to, somebody to pray for. There were comment cards to read because we handed out comment cards to every kid that heard us. And you would read through these comment cards, which give you the very specific things to pray for. Then the kids would start writing letters. Mm -hmm. 
And these letters would arrive at the office, and we would just hand them out to members of Teen Rescue. We would just start responding however we could. We put together a magazine. Eventually, it turned into a newspaper form where we could send out more things so we could continue to encourage. Then, I know that as you do something like this, when Teen Rescue started, it was incredibly disorganized. So as this thing grew, when it took off, it kind of went crazy because it went from one to two to, to five to ten. The largest group I ever remember going out with probably was one of our weeks on rescue when we would probably have 30 people, 40, I don't, that would show up. We would do a two-week adventure. We would do a couple days of training. Then we would get in a bus or two or a bus, a van, an RV. We, we would have places that people had invited us to to come to do mostly outdoor concerts. But after a while, it took some organizing to be able to start moving around that many people. People were giving money towards the work more than just the schools paying us to come and do the assembly, but people were sending money to Teen Rescue to, to keep doing, to keep funding. I remember a project we did called Get Behind the Bus. Mm-hmm. The bus had just blown up. We blew the engine up, and we had to get a new engine for it and put out some information about getting behind the bus so people had to have a means to give. Eventually, had to get a bank account. I remember the day that we went and got our first bank account. So you've been involved in administrative stuff for Teen Rescue. Yes. I don't know how I got there, but I actually became the <laughs> director of Teen Rescue for a while. When you moved up from Wilmer to Walker. Yes. And then that's when I got even more involved. I would bring a lot of kids down to Walker. And then I started uh, oh my, oh my. doing more of the administrative part of it. One of my favorite trips we took is a week on rescue, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when we went out in southern Minnesota, and we had... I, salmon colored bus and the teen rescue bus and we went from town to town i think there was like 20 kids that we would go different communities plus our own staff and also right it was that 30 to 40 range of people we moved around for a week one of the places we did was called woodstock woodstock we had a woodstock with your clothes on there we go that was the line that i loved woodstock with your clothes on (laughs) yeah We had the kids doing burgers. They were doing the sound system. They got involved with every aspect of putting on a show. We'd invited out other Christian rock bands, Peg Top, Mines Clarence, different bands from the cities, uh, Living Stone. Mm -hmm. We had a Woodstock, a Christian Woodstock in a town called Woodstock, Minnesota. We had Mud Pit, too. And we had a Mud Pit going. Yeah, I got pictures of that. Yeah. I I remember at one point uh, we had a contest of who could put the most grapes in their mouth. Mm-hmm. I got a picture of that too. Picture of the mouths filled with grapes. We wanted to have fun. You know, with that we, we knew that was part of God in Jesus' life is that they created us to be able to have fun and to go out and make a difference. So there was organization that had to go on with these kind of events because they don't just happen. Right. So some of the things that you remember that you were a part of was administrating because I wasn't going to do it. I was just like, I, I'm, I'm doing good finding my own luggage. Right. And, and other band members would show up and not even bring their guitar. You're like, what are you thinking? Which, I don't know. I wasn't thinking. Yep, that's for sure. It's the, you know, the T-shirt sales, the setting up, the teardown, the, the late nights, the early mornings. I remember mm. if I was in a room with some of the younger ones, they would go in a room and everything would explode. Uh, their clothes mm. were like mm. everywhere. Mm. We had to leave sometimes at 4 o'clock in the morning. And it's like, how are you going to get your stuff together? So I learned that all my stuff is in this one bag, and there might be two, three items out, and that's it. Because if somebody comes pounding on my door at 4 o'clock in the morning, 
you're out the door. Right. And you don't have time to say, well, where is my other shoe? Which you heard a lot with the kids that you traveled with. Yeah, where's my other shoe? As if I'm the shoe fairy. Yeah, and it's like the things that you dealt with. And I remember also we would go from place to place, and people are trying to treat us by making us taco salads. Oh, my, yeah, taco. We had a lot of taco salad. And by the eighth time mm. we ate taco salads, we're like, could we have pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd go on a string of taco salads and pizzas and and of course, we had a few casseroles over the years. Yeah, casseroles. Everything was good. It was funny how people wanted to say, oh, I'm sure they needed something healthy, so we'll give them some kind of salad. <laughs> yeah, everybody did it. Yeah. <laughs> so we had fun, that's for sure. Um, and I'm just so thrilled, so happy to, to hear that these memories are still stuck in your brain and that it's still probably having an impact on your life. Another memory that I have is that you went to so many more schools than I was in. I only went a handful compared to what you guys went through. But you come out of a room in a high school, and you're like, where am I? Yes. What school am I in? <laughs> what town am I in? <laughs> where are we? Where's the bathroom? Is it to the right, to the left? Yeah. Have I been down this one before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd go out for a week, you know, you do five schools in a week, and by the end of the week, your mind is swimming, and you wanted to be careful you didn't get up and say thank you to the town and say the name of a wrong town. Oh, I think that's happened. Yeah, I'm sure it I'm did. I'm sure that's happened. 615 was the last school that I did, mm -hmm. so to give you an idea of the numbers... You know, the excitement of all that, the years of being able to go and walk through doors that God opened, because it was miraculous. I've thought to myself, would I want to return to those days? Well, you couldn't return to those days without God opening the door. Right. You could go out and do all the, this is how I remember it working, or, you know, or how can I knock down a door? Well, you can only knock down on a few doors to where you realize after a while it's you doing the efforts and it's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. By the way, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but the day that I hopped in the car to drive to Little Selby, South Dakota, to do my very first high school assembly, just a solo gig. It was me and my guitar. The day that I left Bloomington to drive to Selby, South Dakota, I stopped at a gas station, picked up a newspaper, Minneapolis Tribune newspaper, opened it up, and on the front page was... Nancy Reagan, President Reagan, announcing the Just Say No program. Oh, wow. The day. And I looked at that and went, I'm a part of something big. I'm a part of something that God is doing. And that began really Teen Rescue, right? Teen Rescue to me was an era. Yes. It was. And you can't duplicate that on your own, even no. if you and I decided, okay, today we're going to go back out on the road. Right. That would not work. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, because it was God. It was... And the people that got touched by that, I mean, all mm -hmm. the kids, I think of all the kids and then the people in this area, you say mm -hmm. Teen Rescue, and they're like, oh, that, this, that was that group. And it was that time where people were excited about sharing Christ. Yep. And there was a time for everything. That's right. And then since Teen Rescue, I've got older. <laughs> oh, you have? Oh, you I've got grandchildren and even great-grandchildren, oh and now I'm working at a church. I'm loving it. I love my church family. I still have people calling me today going, I need some spiritual advice. Yes. I know that you know about this type of thing, mm -hmm. and they talk to me of things that they won't tell anybody else, and I'm thinking, why, why me? But it's because 
God has put me here for a reason. Yes. And he's taught me the things he's taught me for a reason. Yes, he has. And um, I'm looking to that day when I see that teen rescue come back to life. It might not be teen rescue. It might be something totally different, but something That's right. That, a revival. Yes. We're believing for a revival. Well, Rena Troy. You know, we arrived at uh, Rena's house today and set up our studios and spent this time talking with her. But what I didn't mention was when we first arrived, we went out into a building here where they keep a lot of things, a lot of stuff, <laughs> boxes and boxes of stuff. And she took us into a room where we looked up on the shelf and we saw boxes that said Teen Rescue. It had a box of photos. It had a box of paperwork, of financial matters, just stuff of Teen Rescue that she has been um, storing, housing, uh, archiving, keeping it safe uh, for a very long time. And I'm looking at one box over here to my right there. I'm, I'm looking at something that I know is at least 25 years old. So for two and a half decades, it's been archived. And I can't wait to get into these boxes to find out what it is, to see what it all is. But Robin and I just want to tell Arena, thank you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness, your commitment to God, your love for people in the way that you just embraced during these last three decades. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit worked through so many people in a thing that we called Teen Rescue. We called it Radical Life Support. From there, it goes into other things like emergency crew and the tourists and so many other groups and bands that were a part of what we did. <laughs> Dwight Linebeer and his outreach. I mean, this thing just goes yeah. on and on. Chuck Peterson, alive and oh, well. Chuck Peterson, Chuck. Dwight. Yeah, yeah. there's the people. I, I remember those guys too. I just want to thank you guys um, yeah. for being here. That first time I saw you at the North Home Fairgrounds, my life totally mm. changed from that part. When I realized wow. that being a Christian and loving Jesus was mm. fun. Yes. And it was a, the best choice I ever made in my life. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I mean, Lord bless you. May he prosper you. May he continue to have his face shine upon you. Let his peace be in this place and all about you. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say it was Rena Troy today and just another radical life. Wasn't that a fantastic interview with Rena Troy? We so enjoyed visiting her at her Northam home. Remember, you can reach us at rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our podcasts through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We look forward to sharing more Teen Rescue memories soon. Talk to you then.